Another wet day here. The heavens have opened uh, the further down the trail I've got. And uh, today we round off the final part of our Thomas Barlow, a picnic at Woodhead. Just gonna get through a gate here. Um, I hope you'll agree it's been fantastic listening and bringing this story back to life. I think Cordelia Howard, who's reading this, has done a brilliant job. And I really hope that in uh, future months, as the weather gets a little bit better, the evenings get a little bit brighter and longer, um, we'll be able to maybe get Cordelia doing some of this live. Wouldn't that be amazing, using that kind of the trail as a performance space? That's in Claire's imaginary world anyway. But I've got to say... Part four, I think, is my favourite part of the story. I know you're going to enjoy how it all wraps up at the end. I've taken a picture, actually, of the final page of this particular part of the story. And I have it as a favourite on my phone. And it just reminds me on the days when the weather's just like this. It reminds me to get up, get out of bed and take a walk to Woodhead. You'll see what I mean in a moment. Uh, but in the meantime, I will go and get dry and you can sit back. If you've got your headphones, I'd highly recommend you sticking them on at this time and sit back and just let all these sounds wash over you and the words of Cordelia reading Thomas ring through your ears one last time. A Picnic at Woodhead by Thomas Barlow, part four. In our happier moods we seldom note the lapse of time Away we float on pleasure's tide As o'er the ocean flits some sail Whose steady motion seems so near akin to rest It scarce disturbs the water's breast So light and easy in its going It skims along without our knowing Till passing objects catch our sight And warn us of its rapid flight. The sun to the westward was declining, the clouds revealed their silver lining, mighty hulls of floating splendour, hugely graceful, sweetly tender. Eastward the view was mottled over with lumbering shadows, every moor from emerald base to purple top had streams of sunlight creeping up, mapping out with a wizard's wand the fields into specks of fairyland in which the diminished objects shine with a softened radiance, half divine. Eve was spreading her dusky veil over the lakes of Longendale. By the winding path along the ridge that led us down to the Angler's Bridge, which crossing again we were soon within our rendezvous at the Tolmash Inn. Again the hamper gave part of its treasure, fast and furious ran the pleasure. Fast and furious dance and play merrily sped the time away. At length the unwelcome time had come. 
We must prepare for returning home. Once more our cups were filled to the brim. Then, O oh Burns, we sang thy hymn with thankful heart for all our good and even our common daily food. In the briefest space we counted cost, called and settled it with the host, then prepared with heart still light, we bade the maids and the inn good night, and cheerfully took to the road. The hamper, not quite such a harassing load, but still too heavy for lengthy ranges, was carried by twos with frequent changes to lessen the labour and heighten the speed of which we were now in most eminent need. For the rain came, lashing us fiercely and sudden, long ere we got to the station at Croden. And the angry wind, with a terrible wail, roared like a fiend through the hollow vale, as we took to the causeway over the bank of Torside Lodge, while dim and blank the dark hills loomed in the frowning sky, like omens of evil destiny. But we entered the station safe and well, as the porter was tolling the signal bell. Ere long the train came with loud rumbling din, and not to detain it, we quickly got in. Fast as steam could convey us as we hurried away to tell of our picnic for many a day. So pleased were we all with the day, spite its ending, without any frivolous show or pretending. That soon as the daisies come round on the plain, we hope to be off on a picnic again. As proud and as happy, as blithe and as free, the bee on the flower or the bird on the tree. Now truce to the rain and the wind and the weather, the thread of my story is drawing together. Like a comet that moves by no definite plan, it has wandered returning to where it began, describing no circle but varying its course, if drawn or repelled by a superior force. Tis true it is rambling and flimsy and loose, but rambling and flimsiness may have a use, for who on a journey could ever pretend to go straight in line from beginning to end, heedless alike of whatever occurred, of things to be looked at or things to be heard. If you would, I'd envy you, not your exertion, but rather prefer something more for diversion. The depth of a valley, the sweep of a plain, the slope of a hill or a turn in the lane are common necessities, but they supply Continual change to the traveller's eye. Presenting varieties, you'll observe, In hill and valley, slope and curve, And beauties, which we always find, Relieve the tedium of the mind, And dissipate the misery of indolence and ennui. And so my story may have led, 
With its wayward, wild, desultory fred, Like a bee that roams as its own free will, Over field and forest, vale and hill. To where, amid tracts of common ground, Some things of beauty may be found, Some few frail flowers, whose tender bloom may cheer for a while the surrounding gloom, till frosty age, with chilling breath, bear them down to the shades of death, and not so much as an odour keep, sacred the precincts where they sleep. (coughs) To him that reads with a curious eye, To discover the wherefore and the why such scenes have occupied my pen, I say, revering all such men, tis best to paint nature as we find her, and therefore I have not maligned her, but try to hit the changeful moods in which on summer days she broods. Over hilly regions brown and bare, and pastoral valleys green and fair. And if aught of merit be found within my story's narrow bound, to nature it is justly due. T'was she who inspired me. And to do her bidding was to me a pleasure of the fullest, deepest measure. Such as only he must feel to whom tis given to reveal in glowing words from his teeming brain and further near akin to pain the passion or the aspiration that wins the meed of appropriation from crowds of grateful hearts and tongues that bless the poet for his songs. At the season of the year, when the summer buds appear, when the breeze is blowing and the streams are gently flowing, ye who love a day of leisure, free from taint of sinful pleasure, ye who love a day of ease, with your children round your knees, ye who would not choose to roam, far from those you leave at home, ye who loves a day's diversion, but dislike a long excursion. Ye who spend your days in toil, mid the stench of steam and oil, and who, not possessed of wealth, would restore your faded health. In the morning, quit your bed, make a journey to Woodhead, far from engine, loom or needle, in the quiet vale of Edale, you will find a lovely spot, where oppression cometh not. Among such scenery as will please, you will find both health and ease. And this valley, you will find, it's a tonic for the mind. For the air is pure and sweet, (laughs) as the dew upon your feet. And the water is as clear as the cloudless atmosphere. And at summer evening's close, There is such a sweet repose that all nature's power combined comes to ease the troubled mind and the spirit of unrest is soon banished from the breast.
And all evil passions part from the overladen heart, and heaven's sweet control takes possession of the soul. <laughs>